0: Running Up The Score. You're listening to the Running Up The Score podcast. Now here's your host, Jerry Napoleonello. All right, here we go, Running Up The Score It is time for the Week 6 Betting Trends and Picks of the Week. We already started 2-0 after that Denver Broncos-Kansas City Chiefs game on Thursday night. Good game. Close game. Closer than probably a lot of people thought. And, you know, the way you look at those kind of games, they're division games. So no matter how bad a team is, no matter how good a team is, usually division games are going to be close. This game was uh, not close in the way that we thought it would be. You know, you kind of think, you know, when you're looking at this, these two teams, Chiefs obviously are starting to find their their stride. They're starting to, to get to that point um, that we're used to. But the the thing with the the Kansas City Chiefs is their defense is scary good. Like, it's, it's ridiculously scary good. Because, you know, you look at this team and already, you know, you know Patrick Mahomes is going to do what he's got to do to put them in the best position to win a game. But now, when you're defense is rushing the quarterback well is holding the team teams under 20 points and not to mention holding one of the best quarterbacks to play in the recent 10 years Russell Wilson to under 100 yards that's scary so going into this game you're expecting you know a close game in terms of scoring. This game was all defense, really. Denver Broncos defense was I mean, the best that we've seen so far this year. Um I mean and then, you know, like I said, the Chiefs. The Chiefs offense I wouldn't say struggled. They just they couldn't finish drives. You know, I think at first, at, you know, at one point, they were in the, the red zone f- like three times and only got three points out of it. So it's, you know, the way that the Denver Broncos defense played in this game, you know, it was shocking to everybody, really. But the Chiefs win this one 19-8, and I could have sworn, could have sworn that because that, the pick was Kansas City, minus 10 and a half, and the under of 47 and a half. And, I mean, at that point, we knew the under was going to hit. The 10 and a half, that's what, you know, and I didn't bet the game. I'm just, I'm out here going by the trends and, you know, this game I actually didn't go by the trends. I just went off of how I felt was going to, you know, how this game was going to play out if you did follow my pick, hey, you're up. But the the 10 and a half was a little scary at the end cuz I, I just had a feeling I was like, you know, Vegas is going to be up to it again. They're really going to be up to it again cuz at this one at at the basically the 5 6 minute mark of the fourth quarter Denver Broncos get on the board finally. And now at this point, it was at, you know, before they scored, it was 16 zip. So I'm like, all right, well, the 10.5 is hitting right now. And all they didn't need to do is just stop or just score, you know, a field goal and we'll be be good. But Denver ended up scoring a touchdown on an insane catch by Cortland Sutton. But I was like, all right, well, it's either because they're going to go for two, they're going to go for two to make it a one possession game. And I was like, they're going to miss this, and the Chiefs are going to win by 10. And you're going to lose the pick by a half a point. But fortunately, they got the two-point conversion, and then Kansas City came down and ended up kicking a field goal, so that worked out. But um, so both picks that I had cashed in. Now, my picks for the games... I'm not telling you to take, you know, the, the spread and the over-under. I'm just giving you the choice and what I feel is going to hit in terms of the trends and, you know, whatnot. So I'm not going to go into these games in, in these picks and say, all right, well, take the spread on this one. Don't take the over-under. I, I'm, I'm going to give you both. And you have a choice. You want to take both? Take both. You want to take one? Take one. If you don't want to take anything or you want to fade me, by all means, it's up to you. But before this game, and I was going to make a video for TikTok, and then I just decided not to. But, you know, we're we're in this point in time where all these analysts and all these you know, TV personalities for whether it be pregame, postgame, post-game, you know, NFL Network, ESPN, whatever it is. A lot of these guys are ex-players. Now, you hear a lot of these players talk about a brotherhood. You know, it's always a brotherhood between all active and ex-players. Now, I'm you know i'm i'm seeing these things happen right in front of my eyes and in front of your eyes too cuz they're right on national television now the whole thing obviously the reason why i'm bringing this up is because of the whole steve smith thing and jerry judy i i'm not totally opposed to what steve smith said or did you know i'm more so saying these guys come uh, these guys claim that it's a brotherhood and you look at what these guys are saying on national television. They're given a platform to speak their mind, and then you have a guy like—and again, I'm not going to say Steve Smith because I'm not really—I'm not really opposed to what he said. But Lashawn McCoy, Lashawn McCoy is on a very popular TV show on Fox Sports called Speak. And time after time, he's given a platform to speak on, you know, all these players that they consider brothers. Lashawn McCoy coming out and not on one occasion, on multiple, saying that Dak Prescott is ass. First off, what kind of analysis is that? Saying a player's ass? I I mean, come on. Then on top of it, you have a guy like Dante Whitner, Again, a brotherhood. Saying that Dak Prescott sucks. And now, maybe I'm just saying it because uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. But I just, I, I feel like we're giving these guys a platform to analyze and give analysis on these players and these are the type of analysis that they give. Ass. Sucks. I I mean, that basically sounds like somebody at the bar talking about a player. These are guys that played the sport. These are guys that played at the highest level. And you're turning around and saying these guys, like, you suck and you're ass. I mean, it's it's laughable, to be totally honest with you. The Steve Smith thing, I mean, he did, like, he said he's just a guy. And I don't, I'm again, like I said, I'm not opposed to it. It's funny. You know, and sometimes I feel like these players are retired now, so they don't have the spotlight that they had. And now they're—I mean—backlashing. I, mean, I, I like—I'm I, trying to think of the, the word to say. Like they're, you know, whatever it is, it, it's like they're—they're they're jealous. I, I don't know. I—I honestly don't know. And you know, the only time that you hear Lashawn McCoy's name in a headline or anything is after what he says about either the Cowboys or Dak Prescott. Joy Taylor is another one. But Joy Taylor obviously never played. She's just, you know, following the coattails of of her brother. I don't know how she got to a point to, to host that show or be on that show or even give any kind of You know, analysis. I mean, I don't know how it happened. But everything that comes out of her mouth is idiotic. So that's my little rant there. But now, let's get into the betting trends. Let's get into the the picks. And uh, let's hopefully win you some money. So later on in the show, I'm going to open up a box. uh, Just came out. Box of 2023 Bowman Chrome University. Opened up a bunch last year. Ended up having, in one box, which was great, uh, having two Caleb Williams autos. And those are his first Bowman, too. Unfortunately, I already sold them. I should have got them graded. I should have waited, but I didn't. But that's whatever. So heading into this week, and I said it in my picks video for Thursday night, the betting public has gone, you know, 44, 27 and three against the spread. And now that's, they took a loss on that. So it's 44, 28 and three against the spread. And it's still the best start for the public through, you know, week five. Um. So if, and you'll, you'll understand why I'm saying this. Cause each game I have what the public pick is. So 51 percent on the like the public having 51 percent on a, a certain team, they're 44, 27 and 3 against the spread. If they have 60 60 percent or more, they're 27, 15 and 3 against the spread. 66 percent or more, it's 16, 9 and 2 against the spread. and 70 percent or more is nine and six against the spread. So we'll keep that handy so we can get back to that, you know, and basically see what we get from there. But we got another London game that's three weeks in a row. London, 9.30 game. What do you guys think about the London games? What do you guys think about watching a football game at 9.30 a.m.? And I know, obviously, the West Coast is different. You know, because that game is on at uh, at 6.30 in the morning. Because usually their one o'clock games start at ten, which, I, in a way, that's probably pretty cool. I, I mean, again, I I've always lived on the East Coast, so my Sundays were always one, four, and eight thirty. That's it's always been like that. In terms of West Coast, they're ten and one, and then seven or whatever, it, or five thirty. So, it's interesting. I always wondered that. I, I don't know if I would want to, like, do I want to watch football at 1030 in the morning? Um, you know, to start the week? Like, start the games? I don't know. I kind of like the 1, 4, and 830. I mean, the 830 games start to get a little rough because of work the next day. But, right now, I'm off. Ravens-Titans in London. The spread is plus four for the Titans. The over under is 41. The public is on the Titans. 75 percent. Now again, this is these are numbers from today Friday, October 13th, Friday the 13th by the way. but 70 70% or plus is nine and six against the spread. So the, the betting trends that I have for this game, I'm not even going to bring up player trends and stuff like that because I think those kind of trends go out the window when you're playing in, in London. I have the trends for the traveling and for the London games. So a big portion of news throughout this game is the fact that Baltimore flew to London Monday and has been there all week. So that's interesting, because we saw what happened with Jaguars against the Bills. They kind of seemed like they were a lot more rested than the Bills, and the Jaguars were there for a week and a half. So that is something to keep in mind. This game opened 5.5, minus 5.5 for Baltimore. So it dropped by a a point and a half. So again, that's... But out of 41 total international games, the under is 21 and 20. So it's basically 50-50. Uh, the, the value for London, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, the over is 5-2. and two. This most recent game, the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars, That went under the total. So, again, it's something to look for. You know, the Titans, the Ravens. It's my personal opinion. And the pick for me is Baltimore minus 4 and the under of 41. But here's a, a little bit more of the trends. Favorites have excelled in international games they're 30-10 and 1 straight up and 26 and 15 against the spread. So again, that's Baltimore. Um mind you, all these betting trends and I want to bring this up cuz I didn't bring it up last week when I did the trends. These betting trends are coming from actionnetwork.com. So either you check them out or and, and you know, they're not sponsoring the show. So you can either check them out Or you can tune in to the podcast and I will give you the spark notes version of what, because, I mean, it's, if you were to look at all the trends, it's like 25 pages. Favorites at Wembley Stadium are 18-7-1 straight up and 15-11 and against the spread. The public has struggled overseas. Teams with 51% or more in international games, are 19 and 21 against the spread. So again, the public is on the Titans. The favorite is the Ravens. Favorites of over field, uh, field goal or more overseas are 24-7 and one straight up, and 20 and 12 against the spread. Teams scoring 20 points per game or fewer and facing a team scoring more than 20 points per game are just 7-15 and against the spread when played overseas. So that is this game. Tennessee is scoring fewer than 20 points per game. They're actually at about 17. And the Ravens are scoring, I believe, 21 points per game. So, again, the pick is Ravens minus 4, the under of 41. Then we got the Commanders at the Falcons. Commanders at the Falcons, we have Falcons are favored by two and a half. The over-under is 42.5, and the public is 85% on the Falcons. So again, nine and six of 70% or more. So this game opened at three and a half. It has dropped by a point. So now it's at two and a half. Uh, The Falcons have struggled in their first halves under Desmond Ritter going 0-9 against the first-half spread in his career. 0-9. So maybe, I mean, if you're, if you're the type that believes in a team is due or a player is due, then you're going to take the opposite of this. But first-half spread, maybe you're looking Washington's way. They're failing to cover the first-half spread by 6.3 points per game and dating back to college, Desmond Ritter has lost 11 straight first half against the spread. Uh Ritter has never lost a home game, college or the NFL. He's 31 and 0 straight up and he's 19 and 12 against the spread. Um in terms of Ron Rivera, he's 58-43 and 2 against the spread as an underdog and 47-51 and 2 against the spread as a favorite with Washington and Carolina. He is the underdog in this game. Ron Rivera in his 12 seasons as a head coach, his teams have finished 500 or worse in 9 of 12 of those seasons. And off of extended rest because Washington played Thursday night against the Bears and lost pretty big, he is 12-6 and 6 against the spread as an underdog and 8-14 and 14 against the spread as a favorite. So he's an underdog, and he's on extended rest. So that, again, is pointing towards Washington in this one. In uh, the last four seasons, Rivera coach games are 33-21-2. That's 61%. To the under, the over-under in this game is 42-and-a-half. The, the Falcons haven't performed well against the spread on homestands because now they're on... Back to back home games here. They're 1730 and 2 against the spread on the second leg or later of a homestand in the last 20 in the last 20 years. Uh, the second least profitable team in the NFL in that spot. The Falcons are four and eleven straight up and four, 10 and one against the spread after a straight-up win under Arthur Smith. So all things are pointing. Washington's way in this game. And that is going to be my pick. My pick is Washington minus. It is Washington plus two and a half. And I'm going to take the under in this as, as well. Because, you know, Atlanta's defense is actually pretty good. Atlanta's having trouble scoring. You know, with all the weapons that they actually have, they're having trouble scoring. And. Washington's defense is actually pretty good as well. So I have a feeling that this game is going under and I have Washington taking the win plus 2.5. Next game is the Vikings at the Bears. The Bears are getting three points in this. The over-under is 43.5 and and the public is on the Vikings. 54%. So 51% or more are 44%. 28-3 28 and 3 against the spread. So here we go. The open the open line was 3. So it hasn't changed. Um a lot of these trends are going against the bears in this one. The bears have been an incredible fade in divisional matchups the past few seasons, going a pathetic 5-19-1 against the spread versus the Lions, Packers and Vikings since 2019, that is the least profitable team versus their own division in the NFL in that span. Teams are 24-13 straight up the week after facing the Chiefs. I love the, the these these trends cuz there's a, a bunch of them. The the week after playing a certain team, we have records for. So, we're uh, I'm going to tell you so, teams after playing the Chiefs are 24 and 13 straight up. And that is the Vikings. Cousins and the Vikings are 2 and 9 against the spread in the last 11 games. They covered week 18 versus the Bears and the last week versus the Panthers. Now, these are two bad defenses statistically. So, looking at this, when two bad defenses play, you go under. When both teams allow 24 points per game or more, the under is 54-32. and And that's 63% in the last three seasons. So that's interesting. Chicago has lost nine consecutive home games with its last win at Soldier Field coming back on September 25, 2022 against the Texans. The end of a three-game straight-up win streak at home for Chicago. This is the longest home-losing streak in Bears history. The pick is going to be Vikings minus three. And I'm I'm going to take the under in this game because there's no Justin Jefferson. um, And that's a big loss. That's a huge loss, really. So I'm going to go under 43.5 and I'm going to take the Vikings minus three. Next game, Seahawks at the Bengals. The Bengals, are they back? That's the question. We saw them last week. They looked unbelievable. They looked like the old Bengals of the last two years, three years. Now, do they continue that? Are they the team that we expected? You know, that were just hitting a snag in the beginning of the season? We'll find out because the Seahawks are a good team. The Seahawks are coming off of a a bye here. We have Seahawks Bengals. The line in this game is Bengals minus two and a half. The over/under is forty-four and a half, and the public is on the Bengals sixty-four percent. This game opened at Cincinnati minus three and a half. Geno Smith is twenty fourteen and two against the spread as a dog, but only nine and eleven against the spread as a favorite. Geno has been On a bit of a streaky against the spread run, he's covered the last three games, but was 1-9 against the spread in his previous 10 games to this three-game win streak. The Seahawks, again, as I said, are coming off the bye. This will be Geno Smith's fourth game coming off a bye in his career. His team are 0-3 straight up. And against the spread two of the games are with the Seahawks and one is with the Jets uh Joe Burrow is nine and nine against the spread versus the AFC north and 24 11 and one against the spread versus non-divisional opponents Joe Burrow is 36 17 and one which is 68 percent against the second half spread the best second half against the spread against the spread Mark in the NFL since he was drafted. Burrow has faced a team often against the spread cover in a previous game twenty-two times in his career. He's eighteen and four straight up and seventeen and four and one against the spread in that opponent's game. The Bengals finally got their first cover of the season this year against the Cardinals last week. So the pick is going to be Seahawks plus two and a half and the over 44 and a half. The first over of the week and the first underdog of the week. (laughs) So 49ers, Browns. The thing that was wild to me was that San Francisco opened this game as a one-point favorite. Now, I understand that it was probably because Deshaun Watson was up in the air and was probably going to play. But the fact that he's not playing now, and even what if he was playing, I don't think it should have been a one-point spread. That's crazy to me. So, again, this game opened at one point for San Francisco. Now it's nine and a half. So 49ers, Browns. Plus nine and a half for the Browns. Over under is 35 and a half. And the public is 80% on the 49ers. So, Brock Purdy, he's undefeated in the regular season. Now, against the spread, he's eight 0 at home. And he's only two and three against the spread on the road. The 49ers have scored 30 plus points. In eight straight regular season games. It's, like I said, last week, watching the Cowboys play this team, I thought it was a lot closer. I'm not saying that the 49ers are that much better than the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think that it's up 42-10, to 10, like a 32-point a difference between the two. But everything that San Francisco does is good. I, I mean, really. Their defense is unbelievable. The way they run their offense is unbelievable. The way they run the ball is unbelievable. Their discipline is unbelievable. It's, you know, San Francisco is that that good. Brock Purdy's 12-1 straight up, 10-3 against the spread in his career. He's 12-0 straight up in games he's finished. The Browns are now a few games removed. Uh, you know, obviously, after losing Nick Chubb and their one and one straight up and against the spread. Since then, uh, rushing for under 100 yards in both games after rushing for 206 and 198 in back to back games with Nick Chubb. Now, the biggest difference in this game, the Browns defense. Now, again, Deshaun Watson is not playing in this game. So, you're getting P.J. Walker. So, it doesn't bode well for the Browns. Now, we saw last week the Browns without Deshaun Watson, and they couldn't get anything going on offense. So, the Browns are going to be looking for their defense, but this San Francisco offense is just too good. So this defense, the Browns defense, has been unreal. Again, you know, looking at the stats now. The defense has had opponents had six red zone attempts. That's the fewest in the NFL. Opponents are converting third downs at a 22.6%. That's the lowest percentage in the NFL. And 17.6% of the drives ending in an offensive score, which is lowest in the NFL. Opponents' average drive time is 1 minute and 58 seconds. That's the lowest in the NFL by 25 seconds. So this Browns defense is good. It is really that good. Um, now you look at both of these defenses now. Now, like I said, Cleveland's the top. Defense in the league. 49ers are third. The 49ers lead in scoring defense. Allowing 13.6 points per game. While the Browns are tied for second. Allowing 15 points per game. Now with a sack uh, in this one for Miles Garrett. He will surpass Reggie White for the most sacks by a a player prior to his 28th birthday since 1982. So, yeah, that's, you know. And 49ers are, they've won 15 consecutive regular season games since week eight. Purdy leads the NFL with a 123.1 passer rating this season and is one of two quarterbacks. Without an interception. The other quarterback is C.J. Stroud. That's crazy. That's crazy. My pick in this one. is This is a tough one. The, the difference in this game. And, I mean, who knows. Now that uh, Deshaun Watson is definitely out. We may see that number change. But, for right now, the number is 9.5. I'm going to take the 49ers at 9.5 and the over under's hard that it's 35 and a half it's a low number i think i'm going to go over because if you think that <clears throat> the way the way i'm looking at this game now the way i'm looking at this game is that the 49ers even if they get stifled by this defense the browns offense is without a doubt, going to be stifled. Therefore, their drives not lasting very long. Therefore, the Browns' defense being on the field longer. Therefore, giving up more points. Being more tired. So the way I look at this game is if the, the 49ers end up scoring another 30-plus points to extend the streak... If the Browns have one scoring drive, you're already over. So my pick is 49ers minus 9.5 and and the over of 35.5. Then we got Saints at Texans. This line opened up at 2.5, minus 2.5 to New Orleans. It is down to 1.5. And and the over-under is 42.5. The public on the Texans 60%. The Saints are the only NFL team where all five of their games this season have gone under the total. Dating back to last season, the under has cashed in 11 straight Saints games, including going 14-1 and to the under in the last 15 games overall. The Saints have held opponents under 21 points in 12 of their last 13 games. I didn't really realize. I, You know I knew the Saints defense was pretty good. But I didn't think it was that good. And in this one. The Saints are the favorites. Not by much. They are the favorites. But being a favorite is not good. For Derek Carr. As a favorite. He's 17 and 32 and 2 against the spread. As an underdog, he's 52 44 and 1 against the spread. Now, over the past few seasons, home and away, the Saints' money line. The last three, they're 7 and 10 at home straight up, and they're 11 and 9 straight up on the road. And then the last five, they're 20 and 16 straight up. And on the road, they're 24 and 12 straight up. So the last three seasons, they haven't been great at home. So that's something to look for. The Saints are 31 and 13 straight up, 28 and 15 and 1 against the spread on the road since 2018. Second most profitable team against the spread on the road in that span the Bengals are the first the most profitable team. In this span the the Saints are 13-4 straight up, 12 and 5 against the spread on the second game or later of a road trip. After starting his career 0 and 2 against the spread, Stroud has covered in the last covered the spread in his last 3 starts and he's very good against the spread. In the first half, he's four and one this season. So my pick in this one. Now th- it, this is kind of close to a pick 'em. I see this being home for the Texans. I really think S- C.J. Stroud is, is been playing unbelievable. He's an underdog in this one. I'm gonna go Texans plus one and a half if I think the Texans win this game outright. And I'm going to go under 42.5 in this game. So, Texans plus 1.5 and and the under. After giving you the pick there, you know, just to have some insight on just how good C.J. Stroud has been this year, he ranks third in the NFL with 1,461 passing yards and is one of two quarterbacks, as I said before, with no interceptions this season. His 186 pass attempts are the most ever without an interception to begin his career and is the fourth player in NFL history with at least 1,400 passing yards and no interceptions in his team's first five games of the season. With no interceptions against New Orleans on Sunday, Stroud will become the first quarterback ever without an interception in his first six career games. If Stroud does not throw an interception in his next 26 pass attempts, which could be in this game, he'll pass Kyler Murray for the longest streak of pass attempts without an interception by a rookie in NFL history. With 294 passing yards this week, Stroud will move into the top five of most passing yards ever by a player in his first six games. Now we move on to the Colts and the Jaguars. This is going to be a good game, I think. The only thing that sucks about this game is that Anthony Richardson's not playing. And Anthony Richardson's going to be out for the next four weeks, at least. He was placed on IR. So, the open line of this game was six and a half. Jacksonville being favored. It is now four and a half. Jacksonville still being favored. The public is 75% on the Colts. The over-under is 44.5. Now the Colts have finally back Jonathan Taylor. He played a little bit last week. We kind of expected him not to be the, the feature back in that game. But I think we'll see a little bit more of Jonathan Taylor being a feature back this week, especially with Anthony Richardson being out. Gardner Minshew starting this game now I said it last week Gardner Minshew I think is one of the best backup quarterbacks that you can have but the issue with Gardner Minshew is he has his best games when basically it's considered the hardest thing to do and coming mid-game without having any first-team reps in practice, coming in mid-game and finishing off a game for somebody. That's that's when he's his best. But when he starts a game, he's not great. Minshew's 2-10 and ten straight up in his last 12 starts. He broke a streak of eight consecutive losses straight up as a dog against the Ravens earlier this season. He's two and nine against the spread in the last eleven starts. The backup role for the Colts: five and fourteen straight up, nine and eight against the spread since two thousand seventeen. Gardner Minshew has f- has faced seven teams of five hundred straight up in his career. His teams are one and six straight up, and two and five against the spread. Gardner Minshew has faced seven teams above 500 seven times in his career. Gardner Minshew has faced a team above 500 seven times in his career. And his teams are one and six straight up and two and five against the spread. Only 11 times in the NFL has a team returned home from Europe. Without a bye week, every one of those teams was tied or trailing in the fourth quarter the following week. Opponent team totals are seven and four to the over. They're seven and seven straight up off a win. Trevor Lawrence is nine and fifteen against the spread career off a loss, and eight and six against the spread off a straight up win. When it comes to covering. Lawrence likes facing good teams. The Jaguars have covered 7 straight games versus a team above 500 over the last 2 seasons. Lawrence is 7 and 3 against the spread in that spot. Lawrence by opponent in the AFC South, he's only f- under 500 versus the Texans. Houston, he's 1 and 4 straight up and against the spread. Tennessee, he's two and two straight up, one and three against the spread, and against Indy, he's three and two straight up and four and one against the spread. My pick in this game is Jaguars four and a half. And I like the over of forty-four and a half. Next game, Panthers and Dolphins. Panthers and Dolphins, the spread is thirteen and a half. The open line was 7. The over-under is 47.5. And the public is on the Dolphins 91%. Teams who are winless in their sixth game or later have excelled on the road and struggled at home. They're on the road. Home, they're 29-39 and 39 against the spread, and on the road, they're 40-27 and 27 against the spread. That will not happen. I'm not even going to read the rest of these because the Panthers are not beating the Dolphins. They're not. They're not even going to be close. This game is going to be another blowout. The Dolphins minus 13 and a half is the pick. The over. Now I have a problem. Like I have an issue with the 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 over because I don't think the Panthers are actually really going to score that much. So I like. This is going to be hard. It's going to be hard taking this because of just how crazy the Miami Dolphins offense is. But I'm going to go under of 47 and a half. Next game Lions and Buccaneers. This is going to be one of the more interesting games of the week. I like this. I like this game. The Lions at the Bucks. The Bucks are plus 3. The over-under is 42.5, and the public is 71% on the Lions. The open of this game was 3.5. It went down a half a point. The Lions are 27-12 and 12 against the spread since the start of the 2021 season. Most profitable team against the spread in the NFL. Jared Goff is the most profitable quarterback against the spread in the NFL. The Lions are facing the Buccaneers on the road this week. Goff, outdoor, his record is 33-33-2 against the spread. Goff on the road since 2020 is 14-11 against the spread. And dating back to last season, Goff has covered six games, six straight games versus above 500 opponents going 11-3 and three in that spot since 2021, which is the best mark in the NFL. Todd Bowles is one of the worst coaches in the NFL as an underdog. He's 14-37 straight up, 20-28-3 against the spread as an underdog, and he's 23-15 and 15 straight up as a favorite. The pick in this game, I like the Lions minus three. I think this, this is probably a four- or five-point game. Maybe six. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Buccaneers have totally exceeded their expectations this year. Baker Mayfield is totally exceeding his expectations. So I think this is going to be a good game. It's in Tampa. It's, It's going to be fun. So my pick in this one, Lions minus three. And I'm going to go over of 42 and a half. The next game, Patriots-Raiders. The line opened up Raiders minus one. The line is now Raiders minus two and a half. The over-under is 41 and a half. The public is 79% on the Patriots. Mac Jones is 3-13 and against the spread as an underdog. Mac Jones has lost 12 consecutive starts straight up. And against the spread as an underdog. Over the last 20 years, Mac is ranked 269th of 271 quarterbacks as an underdog against the spread. He is the least profitable active quarterback as a dog against the spread. Mac Jones is 0 2 against the spread as a dog since the start of last season. The rest of the NFL is 192, 152, and 8 as a dog in that span. The Patriots are 3-9 straight up and 2-10 against the spread in the last 12 games overall. Since 2021, Bill Belichick is 3-15 straight up as an underdog. Between 2003 and 2015, he was 25-22 and straight up as an underdog. In that same span, Belichick is 16-6 straight up as a favorite. The Raiders, since moving to Las Vegas, their home and road, the Raiders at home in Vegas are 12 and 15 straight up, 14 and 13 against the spread. On the road, they're 14 and 15 straight up and 12 and 17 straight uh, against the spread. Las Vegas is the most profitable road neutral team on money line since moving to Vegas. The only reason—I mean, this is a tough game to pick. The only reason I'm taking the Raiders in this minus two and a half is because they're playing the Patriots. And they're at home. I like the Raiders minus two and a half, and I like the under of 41 and a half. So the next game Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are favored by seven, the over under is 48 and a half. The public is on 15, uh, is 51% on the Rams. The open of this game was four and a half to the Rams. The Cardinals haven't been a public side yet this season. Arizona and Carolina are the only two game uh, the two teams this season without a game as the public side. Historical, this would be the time to take Arizona. Teams to win 4 games or less the previous season and are on a two plus game against the spread losing streak are 31-21 and 2 against the spread since 2020 and 45 and 28 and three against this against the spread since 2018. The Cardinals fit a good system for the road dogs this week. Teams who didn't make the playoffs the previous season and our road dogs are 273, 218 and eight against the spread. That's 55.6% since 2019. The way I look at this, Cardinals have been in basically every game this season. I like the Cardinals plus seven. And I like the under of forty eight and a half. I'm taking a lot of unders in this week. I feel like I mean, is it is it just me or is it like the games have been different? And I saw somebody tweet it out. Have there have there been any good games this this year? And it's tough. It's tough to pick, but I feel like a lot of the offenses other than really San Francisco and Miami a lot of the offenses have like stuttered throughout the season. Like outside of Miami and outside of I mean you could probably put Kansas City somewhere in the mix there but even last night watching that game their their offense isn't as flashy as it once was. But I look at these games and these offenses aren't really that flashy, aren't really great. Like every offense looks beatable other than San Francisco and Miami. But but yeah, it's just like I feel like there's a lot of uh, defensive games, whether the defenses are getting better or the offenses are getting worse. I don't know what it is, but it just looks weird. So I'm taking a lot of unders. I'm taking a lot of unders. Eagles, Jets, the Eagles might be without Darius Slay, might be without Jalen Carter. The Eagles opened up as minus four. They are now minus seven. The over-under being 41 and the public on the Eagles 71%. As a favorite or four of four points or more, Jalen Hurts is twenty and one straight up in his career. This is the Eagles' first three-game-against-the-spread road win streak since 2018. The Eagles haven't covered their first three road games in a season since 2001. They covered their first six road games against the spread. The Eagles have won a Philly record 11 straight road games straight up. Not to mention, this is the only team that the Eagles have not lost to in team history to me and i've said this a couple of times outside of the show this screams trap now with the jets their offensive line's not great the although the eagles defense isn't getting The sack numbers that they had last year, their pressure rate is actually one of the best in the league, if not the best. I I forget what it is. So Zach Wilson will be under pressure. But this this Jets defense is also very good too. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. And my pick, this is a tough one. This is a real tough one. Because, like I said, this game screams trap. But then at second thought, I'm like, there's no way that the Eagles lose to the Jets. But do they cover? And that's tough, too, because you watch this offense and you're like, oh. But I think if the Jets can run the ball, this could be a close game. And I'm going to take the Jets plus seven. Yikes. I really took the Jets over the the Eagles. I think this is going to be a closer game than everybody thinks. So the Jets plus 7. And I'm going to take the over of 41. Giants-Bills. Now, uh, the line may change in this one. I, I haven't checked since I wrote up this show. When I wrote up this show yesterday... The the line was 14 and a half. The open was seven. Now it comes down that Daniel Jones is not playing. The over-under is 44 and a half. The public is on the bill 66%. Again, I'm not even going to go, because now going into this, I'm not even going to go into all the trends here. An interesting stat. I will say this. Since 2019, because I thought it was funny, the Giants and the Jets have played a total of 25 night games. They are combined 2 and 23 in those games, straight up. So, yeah, I like the Bills minus 14 and a half here, and I like the over of 44 and a half. Cowboys, Chargers. I'm not giving you a pick here, so I'll give you the trends. Justin Herbert is very different from first half to second half. In the first half, he is 32-22 and 22 against the spread. He's 15-7 first half against the spread since start of last season. Third best mark in the NFL. Herbert is 11-2 first half against the spread in night games. That's the second best mark in two, uh, since 2005 behind just Peyton Manning. Justin Herbert is 15-34-5 and 34 and five against the second-half spread in his career. Since 2005, he is 247th of 250 quarterbacks in second-half-against-the-spread profitability. He can't hold a lead. He's 7-24-2 second-half against the spread when leading at halftime. That's the worst in the NFL since he was drafted. When he's had the lead at the f- at the half in a night game, he's one and nine and one, second half against the spread. In night games, Herbert is two and 10 and one second half against the spread. The Cowboys played the 49ers last week. Teams after playing the 49ers are 2 and 19 straight up, Four and 15 and two against the spread since the start of last season, including 17, 39 straight up. 21, 33, and two against the spread since 2020. Dak Prescott as an underdog is 12 and 17 straight up and 15 and 14 against the spread. When he gets three and a half points or more, he's nine and seven against the spread. When Dak is a favorite at night, he's 16, eight, and one against the spread in his career. In the last 20 years, that's the third best mark in the NFL, only behind Peyton. And Aaron Rodgers. Dak has lost his last six starts at night as an underdog dating back to 2019. At night, Dak is 20 and 5 straight up as a favorite and 3 and 8 straight up as an underdog. Overall, Dak is 23 13 straight up, 21 and 14 and 1 against the spread in night games. He's sixth most profitable against the spread in the last 20 years at night. Herbert's win and loss record has been basically a product of his defense. When his defense allows 27 points or more, the Chargers are 6 and 23 straight up and 9 and 20 against the spread. When his defense allows fewer than 27 points, the Chargers are 21 and 4 straight up and 20 and 4 and 1 against the spread. Herbert as an underdog is 12 and 6 against the spread. When he has the lead at half in the night game, he's 1-9-1. And, and I said that already. Pick out however you may in that game. The spread in this one, Cowboys, minus 2.5. The over-under is 50.5. The public is on the Chargers, 66%. The open line was Chargers, minus 1. So, again, pick as you may. But those are the picks of the week. And that will do it. I'm Jerry. Be breezy. Be breezy. And it is all over. You've been listening to Running Up the Score. We run up the score on Sports Radio.